hear that sound. You know what I mean? Like that sound every so often when you're not thinking about it. Hold on, just listen. Well, I don't hear it right now. But it's like a clink. Kind of like a. That's it. Yeah. Do you ever hear that? The first time I heard it, I didn't really know what it was. It was just part of my everyday life. You know, it just. It was always faint, barely perceptible. And sometimes people go throughout their whole lives without even hearing it. Well, the first time I heard it, I was driving. For some reason, I had the radio off in my car. So it just me and my thoughts alone in the quiet of my car. I was just driving along, doing about 45. Then some guy, I don't know what he was thinking. He pulls right out in front of me and sits there at like 10 miles an hour. So I slam on my brakes and I'm like, you stupid. I didn't even get the next word out of my mouth. All I did was think it. And I heard the next time I was at Walmart, I had a whole cart of stuff. Normally I just buy what I can carry because, you know, that's easier. But I had to get a ton of stuff this time. So imagine my surprise when the clerk forgot to ring up the big bag of mulch at the bottom of my cart. She just totally forgot. She handed me my receipt and she told me to have a nice day. I knew she forgot it. I thought about saying something, but then I just left. And sure enough, as I crossed the threshold of the door, The next time, I went out to dinner with my boyfriend. Our waiter was kind and attractive, and I started to stare just a little longer than I when I was at school, scrolling through Instagram instead of paying attention to the teacher like I was supposed to. When I ignored my friends when they needed to talk. When I raised my voice in anger, every time I did something that I knew I shouldn't, I would hear that sound. Every single time. And I realized that I was hearing it daily, sometimes multiple times a day. That sound, that ever present sound, every single time without fail. Then, A few years back, I went to an Easter service. They were recreating Good Friday in a passion play. The actor playing Jesus, all bloody and torn, he laid upon the cross. And a Roman soldier, he took a huge spike and a heavy iron hammer. And he placed them into Jesus' wrists. And, and again, the soldier drew back the hammer. It was the same sound. Every sin I'd committed, every impure thought, every time I'd turned my back on God, 
It wasn't the Roman soldier that put Jesus on that cross. It wasn't the Jews or Pilate. It wasn't Satan. It was me. I put Jesus on that cross. And I drove each one of those spikes myself. He died for me. Do you ever hear that sound? It's faint. Do you ever hear that sound when you're not thinking about it? Thank you, Grace. One of my, uh, not jobs, I guess, but one of my responsibilities I feel as a youth pastor is to uncover gifts that these kids have in their lives. And uh, Grace will be the first one to tell you, she actually testified about this on a Wednesday night back there, that she's grown up her whole life not knowing what she was good at. (laughs) Until she did a skit a while back. And she said she felt like God told her, here's your ministry. And you can see she's got a good ministry. (laughs) I appreciate her doing that. And that's going to kind of lead into my message this morning. Sin starts with a desire. And I asked her, that's the good thing about Grace too, I asked her on Tuesday if she'd do it. (laughs) She said, sure. And she had it down perfect. So, um... If you'll turn in your Bibles to 2 Samuel 13, 2 Samuel 13, this is a, uh, back in Modified Youth Sunday School, we've been talking about status in our relationships, and this morning we hit on the, uh, you know, the S word for teenagers, and not the cuss word, the word sex was discussed this morning, so... Um, I'm just going to keep with that theme, I guess, and talk about another story that's kind of dark and, uh, well, it's one of them stories in your Bible, you read read it and you're like, oh man. So again, sin starts with a desire, 2 Samuel 13. Uh, Before I get started, I just want to pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you again for the opportunity to be here. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to get up and speak your word. And I thank you for each one of the people in here, Lord. I pray right now that you just soften our hearts, or that you would just speak through your Holy Spirit, or that way we'd get something out of this message, Father, that'll touch our hearts and make us want to live better for you, Father. I just thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Samuel 13. Amnon, and I looked this up, some say Tamar, some say Tamar. So if I go back and forth, it's because I listened to it several times on YouTube, trying to figure out which way to say it, so... I'll probably say Tamar more than I say Tamar, so Amnon and Tamar, already confused myself. All right, in verse one, in the course of time, Amnon, son of David, fell in love with Tamar, the beautiful sister of Absalom, son of David. Anybody catch that? Let me read it again. Course of time, Amnon, son of David, fell in love with Tamar the beautiful sister of Absalom, son of David. 
Okay, where we're from, that ain't right. Okay, if you didn't catch that, it's half-sister, same father, and he's in love with her. Okay, that's wrong. Back in those days, though, there's a lot of different rules in place. <laughs> Amnon, verse 2, became so obsessed with his sister Tamar that he made himself ill. Now, you know you're in love, guys, when you get sick over a girl. You are in love. You can't stop thinking about her. You're so sick that you want to be with her so much. That's how Amnon was, okay? She was a virgin, and it seemed impossible for him to do anything to her. This tells me she was a good girl, right? Teen girls, single ladies in here, live a life that's pure for God, okay? Live a life so holy that guys get sick over wanting to be with you, okay? Make them jump through hoops, before he tries to get close to you. Make him live a life that's holy also before God, before he tries to get with you and be close to you. Make him put a ring on your finger before he tries to get close to you, okay? Amen? Amen? Amen. Society's turned that into something that it's not, and they expect all these kids to do the same thing, and it's not right. Don't let him treat you like you're some piece of trash that he can come get anytime he wants to, okay? Just being real. Tamar was a good girl. Verse three, now Amnon had an advisor named Jonadab, son of Shimea, David's brother. And we're keeping it all in the family here. Jonadab was a very shrewd man. Another word for shrewd is tricky or slippery. So he was a, he was a nasty guy, okay? Jonadab, nasty guy, okay? Verse four, Jonadab asked Amnon, why do you, the king's son, look so haggard morning after morning? Won't you tell me? All right, Amnon, Amnon was a king's son. And the reason he was so careful with this is because he knew right from wrong. He was a king's son. He knew the way that things were supposed to be. But he had a friend. He had an advisor in his life. And you can go a different route with this passage and probably preach a whole different message, but you need to be careful who your friends are, who your advisors are in your life. Okay, I tell the kids this all the time. Be careful who you hang around with and the advice they give you because it can eventually lead down a road you don't need to go down. Okay? And who you surround yourself with is who you're going to end up like. So surround yourself with good people, good Christian people. Amnon said to him, I'm in love with Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. Go to bed and pretend to be ill, Jonadab said. When your father comes to see you, say to him, I would like my sister Tamar to come and give me something to eat. Let her prepare the food in my sight so I may watch her and then eat it from her hand. So Jonadab's idea is, you just need to get alone with her. You just need to be alone with her. So Amnon laid down and pretended to be ill. I'm going to stop here again. It all starts, this desire to sin starts when you pretend to be something that you're not. It starts, when you, it starts when you start pretending. Some of you know what you should and shouldn't be doing. You know right from wrong, but you start to pretend you're something else. And eventually it's going to take you down a road of sin. Evil's going to come in and those desires set in. When the king came to see him, Amnon said to him, I would like my sister tomorrow to come and make some special bread in my sight so I may eat from her hand. Verse seven, David sent word to Tamar at the palace. Go to the house of your brother Amnon and prepare some food for him 
So Tamar went to the house of her brother Amnon, who was lying down. She took some dough, kneaded it, made the bread in his sight, and baked it. Then she took the pan and served him the bread, but he refused to eat. Everybody say, he wouldn't eat. Everybody still with me? Okay. Send everyone out of here, Amnon said. So everyone left him. Then Amnon said to Tamar, bring the food here into my bedroom so I may eat from your hand. And Tamar took the bread she had prepared and brought it to her brother Amnon in his bedroom. Verse 11, but when she took it to him to eat, he grabbed her and said, come to bed with me, my sister. Verse 12, no, my brother, she said to him, don't force me. Such a thing should not be done in Israel. Don't do this wicked thing. What about me? Where could I go to get rid of my disgrace? And what about you? You would be like one of the wicked fools in Israel. Please speak to the king. He will not keep me from being married to you. Now what's kind of crazy right here in that last line is she cared about him. She truly cared about him. And he's getting ready to do this thing. 14, but he refused to listen to her. And since he was stronger than she, he raped her. Then Amnon hated her with intense hatred. In fact, he hated her more than he had loved her. Amnon said to her, get up and get out. No, she said to him, sending me away would be a greater wrong than what you've already done to me. He's listening to her. She's just been raped. But she's showing forgiveness, saying she'll still stay. Don't throw me out. This will be even worse. But he refused to listen to her. He called his personal servant and said, get this woman out of my sight and bolt the door after her. So his servant put her out and bolted the door after her. She was wearing an ornate robe, for this was the kind of garment the virgin daughters of the king wore. Tamar put ashes on her head and tore the ornate robe she was wearing. She put her hands on her head and went away, weeping aloud as she went. It's pretty quiet in the sanctuary now. But it lets me know you guys heard the story. You guys understand what went on here. But I want to talk about why I read this story. And again, sin starts with a desire. Sin is appealing. It looks great. And sin may be fun for a little while until you get right in the middle of it and you realize I've made a mistake. I've made a mistake. When you get to that point, you're wrapped up in sin, you have a choice. You can run to something or you can run away. And I'm going to be talking about two people this morning in this room. Number one, you're the raper. And I'm not saying you've done something like this in the story, anything like this but you've done something in your life that you're totally not proud of. That was so ungodly, so unheard of that you just can't shake it from yourself. You carry it still with you to this day. And instead of running to a God who can save you, you run away or you run farther and deeper into that sin. You just can't shake it. I'm 
I'm here to tell you guys that whatever it is, whatever's got you bound up, Jesus can save you from it. Jesus can save you from it. You don't have to walk around with it anymore. My life, I've done some bad things. Youth groups probably heard the majority of them. Um, things I'm not proud of. But I know I've been forgiven. And I don't have to walk around with that burden anymore because he took it from me. Same thing he can do for you. And being a Christian in today's world is not the popular thing to be. It really isn't. We're getting attacked from all different areas and if you're not getting attacked, then you need to get out and do something for God because it's there. But it's not popular to be a Christian right now. But I don't care to be popular. I don't want to be popular. When I pass away, I want God to say, well done. That's what I'm concerned with. I don't want him to look at me when I pass away and say, I don't even know who you are. I don't want to hear that. You can be saved. Jesus can save you. There's nothing you've done. Whatever sin you're mixed up in. Again, I've done some bad things. Whatever sin you're mixed up in, there's nothing too bad that Jesus can't save you. You have to realize that. And you have to let him save you from that sin. The songs we sung today, the skit grace did, Jesus wants you. He wants you. He wants to save you. What he did on the cross was for you. And the other person we're talking about this morning is Tamar. And I'm kind of, of course, more sympathetic towards her because, and I can feel her pain. What'd she do? She didn't do anything to deserve this. Nothing to deserve this. She was just trying to help her brother. Even after he was getting ready to do this, she said, no, no, no. We can go to the king. He'll marry us. You don't have to do this. And after he did what he did, what'd she say? Don't throw me out. Don't throw me out. She was still willing to be with him and forgave him. But again, sin starts with a desire. Amnon's lust or desire to sin overcame his desire for being a king's kid. He was a king's kid. But that lust and desire he had in his heart to sin overcame his desire to be a king's kid. It's the same thing that happens to us. We're walking with God. We're doing what God wants us to do. We think we're doing everything that Jesus would want us to do in our life. And then that sin comes along. And then you have to ask yourself, is my desire to live for him stronger than the desire to want to do this sin? And unfortunately, we fail sometimes. I fail sometimes. My desire for God has to be stronger than any sin that pops up in my life even the one that keeps coming back over and over and over again, my desire has to be stronger for him than what that sin is in my life. He was overcome by want, over, overcome by selfish motives. He was so caught up in this sin and desire for this sin that he couldn't even hear God speaking to him through this woman. Sometimes we get so caught up in a sin that we can't hear God sending warning signs to us right and left. Stop what you're doing. Stop this. 
We get so far gone in it, we don't even hear his voice. No matter how he tries to bring it to us. Even after he committed the sin, he thought the best thing to do was run. Just run away, just hide, just, just get her out of here. If we have sin in our life, running isn't going to solve anything. Running will not solve anything if we've got the sin in our life. The great thing about being a Christian, and all of us were there at one point where we have this sin in our life, is Jesus made a way. He made a way for us to get to him through that cross. He made a way for us to get rid of that sin in our life. Said so he says, get this woman out of my sight. When he woke up that morning, all he could think about was how much he loved her, how much he wanted to be with her, how, how great she was. Oh, tomorrow's just so wonderful. I wanna be with her, she's so beautiful. But by that night, the desire to sin overcame his desire to be a king's kid. Why did that happen to him? Why did he go from caring so much about her to wanting to throw her out and hating her so much? Why? He gave up. He gave up on being a child of God and let that sin take over his life. He gave up on being truthful we can't give up on God. No matter what you're facing in your life, we cannot give up on God. He's done too much for us. No matter what you have in your past, in mine, I'm not proud of it all. No matter what that sin is in your past, whatever you've done in your past, it's not too big for God. And some of these people I've been talking to lately about getting them into church, they think that. I just can't. I can't. My life is too messed up. I'm too far gone. And that's not the case. We know that's not the case. Every one of us in here can give a testimony about where God's brought us from. But that's the reality of people outside the church right now. I just can't. I just can't even walk in there. I'm too far. I'm too bad. I'm too far gone. They need to hear about the love of Jesus. They need to know that they can run to him. When you're faced with things in your life where, like Grace was talking about in the skit, where it just becomes a habit, where you just, I mean, I almost did it the other day in a parking lot at Cardinal Glennon. I'm driving through the parking lot and this person just whips right in front of me and I'm like, I'll just shut up. Just like that. Things can pop up in your life and you're, you don't even think about it and you just sin. Just do it. If there's anything God's teaching me lately is the more I desire him, the more I fill myself up with things of him, whether it's through praise and worship, whether it's through praying, whether it's through sharing, whatever it is, the more I do that, the less I want to sin. The more of God I'm pouring in, the less I want to be, have that desire for other things that I don't need to be doing. So much more. But it's a, it's a continual thing. If I take a day or two off, I feel myself... Stepping backwards. We can't do that. 
We've got to run to him with everything we have. So that desire doesn't overtake how God wants us to be and who he wants to be in our life. Some of you can sit in here right now and say, I've done some really terrible things, but guess what? You're still in a church right now in this sanctuary. You're still here. You still have an opportunity to live for God. He still calls out to us, no matter how, me- how we mess up, how we trip and fall, how we make mistakes, he still calls out to us. Why? Because he loves us. He loves us. People in the church and outside the church need to understand that. He loves you. He loves you so much. It doesn't matter how many times you've messed up. Some of us in here probably messed up this week. He still loves you. And how I see God is no matter what I've done, if I mess up this week, he's not going to just give up on me. He's not going to give up without a fight. You're one of mine, Rick. You're one of mine, John. I'm going to fight for you. I want to have that communion with you. I want to be in your life. He loves you. The praise and worship team would come up. Some of you in this room are sitting here and you, you feel like tomorrow. What about me? What about all the hurt I'm going through? What about all the things I'm dealing with? Why is it always raining in my life? Why can't I ever catch a break? Why do I always have to be dealing with something? Day after day, I'm hurting. I'm going through things. Why? Why, God? And he's still there saying he loves you. I want you to just turn that over to him. In closing, some of you like Amnon. Again, not necessarily this story. But you can't forgive yourself for things you've done. You just can't shake some of the things in your past and you think about them or maybe even go back to those things every once in a while. You just can't let loose of that sin. The thing is with sin, when you sin, everybody hurts around you. When you sin, you're hurting everybody around you and you don't even realize it because we're being selfish. We're thinking about me, my wants, my desires, not realizing what effect it's having on those around you. The opposite of that is when you turn to God, everybody gets blessed around you. When I give things to God, when I turn my life over to him, when I seek him, everybody around me gets blessed. Everybody around you gets blessed. Sin starts with a desire. 
We're gonna open up these altars. If, if that's you, if you, can let, if you can relate to one, one of these characters, either one. And again, if you relate to Amnon, I'm not saying you've done anything like this. Maybe you have. Jesus still loves you. But you think in your heart that I've, I can't get out of this. I keep messing up. I keep going back to it. You're in that situation. Instead of running deeper into that sin, run to this altar and let God take that from you. Or maybe you're tomorrow this morning where you've got hurt in your heart. You've, got, you've had stuff done to you that you haven't been able to recover from. Or you feel like it's always raining in your life. It's always painful. You can't catch a break. Run to the altar. God's here for you. He doesn't want you to go about this alone. As they sing, if this is you this morning, you can relate to either one, or maybe you're in here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior. Rick, I don't, I'm not, I don't relate to either one. I just know I'm messed up and I need God. I'm going to challenge you to come this morning. I'm going to challenge you to come and spend some time in prayer, and I'll pray with you. George will pray with you. We'll have somebody here with you. Don't let pre- people pray alone as they sing.
sin starts with a desire. Just challenge every one of you to think about, stop and think next time you feel that desire to sin to creep in. Where's my desire for God? He will draw you closer and you'll be able to overcome that sin. I know some didn't come forward, but if you're having problems, drugs, alcohol, marriage, bitterness, unforgiveness, whatever it is, get with me after church. I want to pray with you because I know what's going on. I know the devil is out to destroy us and God's fighting for us. We need to choose God's side. Choose God's side in everything that we're dealing with. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618 835 2677.